important for podcasting. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for joining us here this morning. Uh, The BMW of Des Moines guest list, uh, Scott Dockerman, kicks it off bottom of the hour. The Hawks had their uh, final uh, practice, spring practice on uh, Saturday morning. Scott was there. Uh, looked like a decent crowd, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, looking at the uh, some of the pictures of the folks in the stands, doesn't come close to some of the, you know, the Ohio states or the Nebraska, but certainly seems like there's been more than uh, when the last time it was held. Regardless, we will talk about what uh, Doc saw with his own two eyes at ten thirty. He's got the offensive how he sees. The depth chart after spring practice on the offensive side of the ball at the Athletic this morning, tomorrow, defense and special teams. But we'll pick his brain this morning at 10.30. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Trent and I will talk baseball at 11.05. Guessing Kyle Schwarber will come up. Mm-hmm. Maybe those first place Minnesota Twins. That's right. Let's go. <laughs> we'll probably start there. Um, as Buxton just an absolute massive shot uh, in extra innings last night. We'll get into that. We'll talk about what we've seen so far as we enter baseball's what, is this third week now or fourth week? Third week. Well, yeah, we started on a Thursday, so that makes it a little yeah, more. Yeah, we got does. the half weeks in there. Uh, as we come to, we'll uh, talk to Matt Snyder for the final time in April. How about that? Uh, coming up at 11.05. And then Nick Oson on Iowa State. Of course, they made some news this weekend uh, with the uh, announcement of the We Will Collective. Uh, that that is going to be the first of, I don't know how many, maybe it'll be standalone uh, at Iowa State. Uh, that is what they're, uh, what they're going to do as far as uh, coming up, trying to level the playing field. Good luck. Don't know if they'll be able to do it. We saw over the weekend uh, what the going rate of some of these players will be. Nigel Pack yeah. signed uh, a two-year $800,000 contract to play at Miami. But that wasn't enough. No, no deal, unless you throw in a car. So they threw in a car. And he signed his contract to play at Miami. Uh, this Wisconsin native going to Miami, where he'll use his name, his image, and likeness to help businesses. Why, why, why does this make you so upset? Because you know what it is, Trent? It's no longer about the name on the front of the jersey. It's not. It it's still about, is, though. No, it I still don't is think for the it, fans. I don't believe that. Yes, to a certain extent. I don't think if it was 100%, Name it on the front of the jersey. I don't think it is anymore. I think it's probably still high, but I think you've lost a number of us. You're losing me because it's. You're it, not going to watch. No, of course I'm going to watch. I have a job now. If um, if you didn't, I don't know. I want to see how it works out, but I don't like it. I don't like the. I don't like the fact that it, there's no more. 
I said last week, and I know I get ridiculed. There's no innocence anymore. It's not the name on the front of the jersey. It's professional sports is what we've come to. Mm-hmm. It's professional sports. And um, it, it's going to make us – I get it. Change is awful. It's awful. I hate change. Maybe uh, this will be proven to be a good thing. I don't see how it can. Where does it end? How does it get – is there going to be checks and balances? Look, Nigel Pack isn't going to – promote anything i don't even know if he's ever set foot in miami i mean what business i gotta get pack if we get nigel pack my business can go from here to there that's not what it's about it's about him becoming a professional athlete to play what was until for the longest time an amateur sport yes were they getting paid of course they were to this extent you'll never convince me that they were eric dickerson got a car at the time the car was worth what Fifteen thousand. Right now, how much is that today? Thirty thousand. Pack signed two years, eight hundred thousand. Wasn't enough till they threw a car into it, and then and only then did he sign the deal. So we'll get into that. I'm assuming with um, uh, the We Will Collective. Did you see the parameters of it? Yeah, yeah, I saw kind of the breakdown. The different levels yep. of um, of donation. Twenty five dollars, you can become a pal. For fifty, you're a friend. A $100 donation will make you a teammate. A $500 donation, you're an MVP. And for those of you that uh, want, you can uh, donate $1,000 and you'll be a bowl winner. How long will people continue to do this? It will normalize very quickly. And it'll be something where I think you'll see the normalcy become a part of it. And many of those people will dissipate because the 25 the $50 ones, that's ultimately not what's making a big difference here. No. I might feel good. Right. Uh, donate my $50 to the iClub every month. I don't think that really matters uh-huh. to the bottom line yeah. of the university and to the athletic department. Those kind of things, yeah, it's just something that you do and it's in there and it's coming out of your account and, hey, I'm helping. I'm making a difference. Oh, really, you're not making a difference no. at that kind of level. of course you're not. And ultimately for Iowa State, great. All right, they're they're coming out, they're doing their NIL, but this is still is this football only or is this is this I didn't all see sports? That. Yeah, I didn't see if it was an all sport the, one. The um the reason I think it, I mean Niang's part of it. Okay, Luch, Jason Luch is part of it, and him and T.J. Otzelberger are incredibly close. Okay. Of course, Jason Luch's own Cyclone fanatic, um, good guy, great guy. Don't get me wrong, I love Jason Luch is really good person, really good people. Um, he's part of it. It looks as though a former player. Have you ever heard of the legal representation of the guy? The guy by the name of Green is his last name. Mm-mm, no, he played four years at Iowa State. Connor Green doesn't ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell for me either. Um, but he's the legal representation. Dan McCarney seemingly is going to be the face of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets you excited, right? Oh, absolutely. When you yeah. hear McCarney speak, you're really into. Uh, a lot of people have said, "I'd run through a wall for Dan McCarney." Well, you go get your chicken dinner and. Right. Write a check. Right? Yeah, we don't need you to run through a wall anymore. We no. need you to dig into your pocket or or get out your checkbook. The thing that I'm so surprised hearing you, though, is you have been such a proponent of these guys getting paid. Mm-hmm. And now that it's more money than you wanted them to be paid, now you're pissed about it? I, uh, I just yeah. I don't get that part. I don't understand where you could be such an advocate mm-hmm. for guys getting money, getting what they deserve in this multi-billion dollar corporation that is the NCAA. Now that they're getting more than you thought... Now it's bothering you. It's not your I, money. It's no, not know, our money. No, I know. This but is all where's funny it going to end? How's it? I mean, how? It'll normalize. Will it? Yes. I mean, do do should you get what you can get now? Because in five years, oh, absolutely. Remember when? Remember when the uh, uh, first overall pick in the in the NFL draft was making more than the guy that's been to four or five Pro Bowls or Sam All Pro? And he was the last one, yeah. right? And then they did a reboot of that. Um, 
and that kind of corrected things, if you will. But when I see a guy like Nigel Pack, and don't get me wrong, he's a great player. Nigel Pack was K-State basketball this year. He was. He was. If When you were getting ready to take on uh, K-State, uh, and they weren't very good, with one exception, it was him. He was the best player on the roster, for my money, and it wasn't even close. Um, I don't know. Going to be weird. These are pros. These are pros going forward. Tyrese Hunter doesn't look like that North Carolina rumor is going to come to be uh, accurate because there's no room for him. Mm-hmm. The buzz is Kansas now. Really? Kansas for him. Oh, boy. That will ruffle even more feathers. Well, and the Kansas roster is, I mean, they're who they lost? Baji? Mm-hmm. Connor Brown went pro this week? Yep. Um, two for sure. McCormick went pro? Mm-hmm. So that the, the championship roster... Um, is going to look a whole lot different, and maybe Tyrese Hunter is going to be that guy. Derek, you do, Sharon, uh, just called in, said McCartney was on the morning rush this morning. Mm-hmm. It is for men's basketball and football. It's for both. Yes. Good, good. It's for both, but no other sports. Just those two. The two, the, uh, well. And so. The two needle movers. Well, and you do wonder, taking a big picture view as this continues down this road, because there are many that are either football only, men's basketball mm-hmm. only, or the big two, if you will. Does this get into Title IX issues? Again, because the NCAA did nothing. They just said, open up the doors mm-hmm. and just let the floodgates come in. They they had no jurisdiction. They didn't want to put any parameters here. And, well, of course, somebody found a loophole, and here we are with these collectives. Because of that, are there Title IX implications? You wonder, Trent. Because this is, again, these are private institutions that are putting these NILs together. This is not through an athletic department. So mm-hmm. that does make it different. It doesn't maybe fall under the jurisdiction. But... There are so many questions that will continue. Ultimately, I think this will normalize. And these deals that we're hearing about, there'll still be some of them. There'll still be some big deals that come Mm -hmm. out. But for the $8 million for a college junior, or high school junior, excuse me, that we still don't even know what he's going to turn into. uh, Yeah, three-star offensive guard. Yeah, is he? 500000 for his four years. But that's not exactly fair. That kid had offers from everybody. Well, He he was three-star from 24-7. I'll take the half-dozen coaches of Alabama and Georgia and the like that were recruiting him. I'll take their word as opposed mm-hmm. to what some guy sitting in his basement coming up and watching film work. I'll take Nick Saban watching film on a kid as opposed to yeah. that. But regardless, they're getting money, right? That will normalize too. Because ultimately, don't you have to have some kind of, is this a tax loophole for these rich people? Finally, you know what? I'll just put it mm-hmm. in here mm-hmm. and suddenly I can write off a lot of losses. And ultimately, yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. What about teammates? When, 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 you're, when you're making... X and I'm making twice as much X, and you're scoring more points than me, and you're you're having a much more a much bigger impact on our team's success. Did well, how does that go over in the you know in the locker room? Does, does jealousy creep into it at some point? Is that a problem in pro locker rooms? No, because they're pros, right? Um, For all intents and purposes, these guys are pros too. Well, they are now. And you know what? You go to the bar and you got the rounds. Yeah, but you don't get an you only get one chance to become that free agent, right? If you're making less and you want to move on to another, you get that opportunity uh in professional sports. And in, in in college you get to once. By the way, this is a big week. Buckle up because there could be this is the deadline. Um Saturday's the deadline. If you want to play in the fall or in the winter and you want to use your one time transfer, deadline is Saturday. Yes. By Sunday, May the first. If you're not at your new school, um, you you have to sit out of here. So I guess this leads to what now? An extra, 
And next year, so you, you you do the hats in your high school gym when you decide what college you're going to begin your career at, and then when you realize that you can get paid by going over to here, you do your other signing day, and uh, it's just instead of hats in front of you, you got duffel bags uh, full yeah, of money. Right now, you do take the biggest one. <laughs> yeah. Now you do. Well, it's pretty easy. I see Miami's got that biggest duffel bag. They're going to be the so, team. And what if win. you don't live up to it? Is there more pressure on these kids now to, to live up to it? I don't think so. I, I are think, they ready for this at that young of an age? I think probably they are. I mean, everybody's different. I and mean, we have professional athletes that are playing at the highest level in the Olympics when they're 14 years old. Mm-hmm. We have professionals in tennis and golf and, and on and on and on when they're younger. The one and done guys. Was LeBron fine? Yeah, he was fine. Mm-hmm. He was great mm-hmm. right away. Yep. Yeah, they're going to be okay with this. They're going to be all right. Ultimately, you say it's not about the front of their jersey. It still is. See, it's I, still at college athletics. I think if we were to do a poll, and I don't want to, uh, I think that for every five people that love college sports, one of them today doesn't love it as much as they did or, or, or is on the fence or would it be more than that? Or is it, is it fewer than that? I think that, I think if you got, well, let's do 10. If you put 10 people, 10 diehard college sports fans at the end of last year's bowl season or when they cut down the nets in New Orleans two weeks ago, if you are a passionate college foot, college sports fan, are you still as passionate today as you were then? I don't know if that's the case. When you put it that way, I agree that probably some people's level of excitement or just like of the game is there. They're not going to stop watching. They're uh-huh. not going to stop rooting for their team. I'm done. Uh, they got this NIL now. I'm never watching the Cyclones again. Come on. You know that's not going to happen. I think there'll be some. I don't think. What, what is some? I don't know. A half dozen out of the mm. 300,000 fans of Iowa State? 12? 20? It just just does. It feels dirty today. It's always been dirty. It just feels, I don't want to talk about it. I hate this topic. I really and truly do. Let's talk about the MVP yeah. of baseball. Well, Trent, i, I got to be honest. Watching that yesterday, it, it, that, thing, that thought crept, crept through my mind. Mm-hmm. What we're watching here, and we're talking about Byron Buxton, and I happened to be tuned in at the right time to see that home run. Holy crap. You know, here's the bad part about this, right? You know what's coming. You know it's coming. There's another IL trip a week or two down the road. That's the way that it's gone That's throughout his career. the way that it's gone for him. When he is on the field, what a difference he makes. Carlos Correa is the best player in the game he's calling Byron Buxton. Yes. And this is a guy that you know, has a pretty good idea of uh, what it, uh, of some of the uh, of his peers in baseball. Trent, that was unbelievable. And now the Twins wake up this morning uh, in first place. And how many of the White Sox lost in a row now? Is Seven straight. Seven now? Seven straight. Holy mackerel. So that can- And a week ago at this time, we said, well, they're going to run away with the division. Mm-hmm. They are the class, and there's nobody close. There's nobody that's going to push them. And here we are, and that conversation has completely changed. Uh, some numbers from Buxton that, that I saw over the weekend. They're just absolutely incredible. Since 2020, Byron Buxton leads Major League Baseball in slugging percentage. He's fifth in OPS. The only players above him since 2020, Trout, Juan Soto, Harper, Acuna. Oh, my God. That's the company <laughs> list. that he is in. Not only that, but we know of all those guys, Acuna's a pretty good defender, but yeah. in comparison, nobody is close to him when you throw in the defensive metric. metrics per 162. And, yes, he's not going to play 162 Sadly. games because it is Buxton. This is what he would average during that time period. 
56 home runs, 116 runs scored, 103 RBI, 20 stolen bases. Oh, my God. Oh, and the best center fielder in the game. He is. He is. He's the MVP. When he's on the field, when he's on the field, he's that good. Now that was fun uh, watching the uh, watching the Twins. And Saturday he was better because yesterday the first three at bats he looked completely lost. And watching Bally Sports North after the game and his interview and said he felt lost up there. His first three at bats and goes in against Bummer. They're down. Kind of look like all right. You got the first two of the series. You got the series win, but the White Sox are going to stop the losing streak and get mm-hmm. it done. Sure felt like that. And Bummer is so good going inside against righties, but he didn't want to. He didn't want to groove one, so he went outside. Buxton goes with the pitch, line drive home run to tie it up, and then the walk off. Do you do you pitch to him there with the base open? Absolutely not. I, I was surprised totally Larusa did. I didn't understand it. I'm with you. Arias is waiting on deck, uh-huh. who is a great contact guy, yeah. but still, who are you taking your chances with? Yeah, Rice. A slap hitting lefty, a switch hitter, or Byron Buxton went healthy. And, and didn't Arise not come up in the eighth with he, a, in a big slot bases not loaded? I think it was ninth. Was it the ninth? It was yeah, but it was late. Yeah, regardless, mm-hmm. and yeah, bases loaded and grounded and he out. Ground out. Yeah. yeah. Who do you take your chances with? I know there? who I'm taking my chances with. Well, and here's the thing, and, and I hear more and more White Sox fans becoming more and more frustrated with. Larissa. Well, their 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 injuries. Are, I mean, their roster trend is totally depleted. The Loy Jimenez. News. Oh, that's brutal. Sick. I mean, didn't you? Don't you have a big ticket on him? I just uh, to have the home run title. Right. Yeah, we can rip that one up. No shot. <laughs> yeah, out six to eight weeks at best. Yeah, that's not happening. But they got injuries. But Larusa, you know, he's not going to be fired. And that has to be frustrating as a fan because of him and Ryan Storr's relationship, knowing that people haven't been exactly happy with it. They they played with kid gloves. All right, let's see mm-hmm. how it goes. It's been okay. Mm-hmm. But there's still so much of the old school and so many people that get annoyed. Although, listening to Cappy, the clubhouse loves him. Okay. Do they love him now? We talked to him Probably last not as week much as and they did Wednesday. it was two losses. Yeah. Now that it's seven, yeah. how much love is there there? But no, ultimately, nothing's going to happen, right? This guy has no. immunity because of his relationship with the guy that owns the team. Yeah, you, you, no, I, I don't even think that becomes part of the discussion. Uh, baseball was fun over the weekend. Cubs scored 21 on Saturday. Did was. you watch any of it? No, uh, the first two innings. First that two all? innings okay. and I was done. Um, yeah, I was out at that point, and then I just kept following it. Because I, I was into the NBA this this entire weekend. Same. Uh, really, I mean, a lot of them were good games. There's a couple of blowout games, but for the most part, they weren't. I'll tell you who's got my attention. This New Orleans Pelicans team. Right. I mean, Devin Booker must be, I mean, what, what a difference he must make, or does he? Is is this, um, are these Pelicans, and I never watched them once during the regular season. No, no, same. Boy, oh boy. For, for a team that, you know, struggled out of the gate the way they did, had to come through the play-in to get where they're at. And, oh, by the way, your reward for uh, for getting uh, out of the play-in and into the actual playoffs, you get to play the Phoenix Suns, who are the overwhelming favorite to win it all. Trent, I'm not so sure that they can win this series. They're in trouble. They're in big trouble. And the way that we have continued now, to Now, we see... said that Minnesota was in trouble <laughs> right. after last week, too. And they bounced back in a big way. Uh-huh. Still got to win two out of three, including sure. two of the games being in Memphis. But and they forced a game six back mm-hmm. in Minnesota, at least, which is a good thing. I, I do wonder. Let's say New Orleans pulls this shocker, which I think would be bigger than Denver over Seattle. Yep. Certainly be bigger yep. than when the Knicks knocked off the Heat. Yep. That was a strike short in season. That wasn't a real mm-hmm. eight Because the face of the franchise isn't playing. Golden like, State, when they, they pulled it off against face. Dallas, I think it was. Those all you could see. This is completely different. Not only was this the They're huge good. favorite, but this was a New Orleans team that won, what was it, 34 games during the regular season? Snuck in. And their best player isn't playing. Right. Zion is still there looking 
big. That boy big. <laughs> he is thick. And he's sitting there on the sidelines uh-huh. doing his thing, smile on his face. Their best player isn't playing. Nope. The Nuggets weren't beating the Sonics without Dikembe Mutombo. No, of course not. That, that was not happening. Of course not. The Warriors, when they pulled that upset against the Mavs, they weren't doing that without the first kind of, hey, the Steph Curry guy, he's pretty good. Those upsets don't happen without your best player. And they're going to do it without mm. at least their most talented player on the floor if they had pulled this out. Now, Chris Paul, we've been talking a lot about DraftKings in the same game parlays. Put every Chris Paul thing you can in the next one. Yeah, over on points, have a night. over an assist. Uh-huh. That what? What's the guy's name? The little point guard from Georgia Tech that just bothers the crap out of him, and he was doing it again last night. Uh, got an eight second call against him. Got another time where Paul basically Alvarado, kind of, yes, yeah, 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 flung his hand at him yeah. as he was just full court yeah. press all game long. Yeah, Chris Paul, he got in his head a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He will bounce back though in Game Five. I am very, very certain of that. So an early play of the day yes, here from Trent right. Condon. Mark that one down for tomorrow. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, good to see the Nuggets get one. Monty Morris played really well. He did. His shot looks beautiful. You know, that shot was never a thing of beauty. And it's no, so smooth. that's true. There's early that in his career. Out, out to the left wing, it just it looks so different even when he shot the ball better later in his career. And, and seeing him play at that level, just mm-hmm. a good guy. Easy guy to root mm-hmm. for. And the Nuggets got their gentleman's game, yeah. and they'll get a game five. But I wonder if Brooklyn gets theirs tonight. Are the Nets just... I don't they, they, they just look like... I told you we were talking about it before. Walking. Kevin Durant looks old. Uh-huh. But he ben probably Simmons sh- doesn't want to play basketball. Right. I'm not sure he's saying he would make a difference. He's targeting. Yeah. He'll be back and get... He's not. Now he's about to start targeting 2022-23 season. And will he play then? Right. I mean, just I don't get everybody's different, but boy, oh boy, there's just no will mm-hmm. in this kid. I mean, don't you want to be out there with your teammates? What's holding him back? It's got to be mental, doesn't it? Has it has to be. It feels like it at this point. Mm-hmm. Or he had a back injury. Mm-hmm. And back injuries can be tricky. There's no doubt about that. We've seen plenty of that throughout careers. You know, also had a really bad back and dealt with it for a long time. A Larry lot, Bird. Yeah, a lot of guys. Larry Bird. Yeah. And he's out there in a back brace that. Uh-huh. People say war, it weighed 30 pounds. Imagine carrying 30 pounds on your back. Up and down the floor. Up and down for the floor. 48 minutes, because that's what he played. And that guy yeah. went through it. And Ben Simmons, not nearly the age that Larry Bird was, hasn't dealt with it nearly as long. No. And he's out there rebounding at halftime. <sighs> I, I don't get it. The Durant thing, though, Boston is the worst matchup they could have had. The physicality that they're playing with. There's some numbers what Tatum has done to him defensively. I heard him last night. I, I should have wrote them down. Absolutely incredible. He's guarded him something like one-on-one, basically, like 116 times down the floor, and Durant's shooting like 12% from the field. He's got to the free throw line a couple of times, had like 10 turnovers in those 112 trips. Just absolutely brutal numbers. And Tatum has taken it from a guy that and we knew was talented, I mean, he's becoming a star. Boston, the favorite in the East. I watched Miami. Oh, Giannis is on. Boy, yeah. he's incredible, isn't he? Uh, I watched Miami because I'd hardly seen them play. I watched, uh, when did I see them? Yesterday, right? Afternoon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you forget that they're the one seed. Right. They're the one, <laughs> which doesn't, it, it kind of seems out of place. Yes, I think so, Trent. I think Boston is, but but the Bucks, the way they're playing. I mean, the Bulls got embarrassed on Friday night. Showed a little bit more yesterday, but they're just overmatched. Yeah. They're they're just overmatched. Uh, Giannis is just he's he's hit that proverbial switch. 
Boston will get Robert Williams back for mm-hmm. that series. Milwaukee-Boston. And Milwaukee game the system right at the end of the year to get the Bulls as opposed to the Nets in the first round. And now they're not yeah. going to get home court advantage for that series. Game 7 will be in Boston yeah. because they were scared for all intents and purposes to play this Nets team. It's going to be one. And certainly if it doesn't work, if Boston wins a Game 7 in Boston... People are going to be second-guessing that one for a very long time. All right, 1025, we have another week of keywords to get to. Let's get a winner this week. Uh, has there been? Yeah, there was. I think the WHO have one. Is that the what bus. it was? I didn't I see think who there's it was. There's been one in the building. We know it has not reside here. Time for another $1,000 home run. Enter this nationwide keyword at kxno.com. The keyword for the 10 o'clock hour is money. Money at kxno.com. Stay tuned. The 11 o'clock hour for another chance to win another $1,000. Again, kxno.com. This is not a texting contest. kxno.com. The keyword for the 10 o'clock hour is money. Scott Dockerman will join us next. What did he see? On Saturday, uh, he's also, as we mentioned, uh, put up his best guess at what the depth chart will look like as we uh, now head to fall. Uh, he'll do similar exercise tomorrow at the Athletic with the defense and special teams in tomorrow's edition of the Athletic. I guess there is no edition, right? You can log on whenever you Anytime want. Anytime you want. Um, but uh, anyway, Stock's got the offense. We'll talk to him about that. Miller and Condon underway on another week. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Right, just past 1030 on a Monday. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you. Up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Scott Dockerman, you can read Doc and a whole bunch of other talented sports journalists at The Athletic. Uh, today, there's a look at the uh, what Doc feels the depth chart may look like when we get the fall camp, uh, based on what we've seen uh, so far uh, in the spring. Of course, uh, he was in attendance as far as the rest of the media uh, this past Saturday. And seemingly a pretty good number of fans, Doc. How are you, Trent and Ken? Thanks for coming on. Uh, seemingly uh, pretty well attended when, as far as these things go. Oh, I suppose. I mean, it's not like what you get in Nebraska or right. Ohio State, but it's, uh, you know, I would say probably between eight and 10,000 fans were there. I mean, it was a reasonably nice day outside of the wind. So, uh, but that's pretty much every day these days. So, yeah. no, over, overall, it was, it was nice for what we've been through because we've seen, you know, close to 90 and we've seen snow. So <laughs> the spring game is very unpredictable weather-wise. We really have. So let's uh, let's get into what you've seen. I read your piece this morning at The Athletic. Uh, tomorrow we will get the defense and the special teams, but since we won't get you until next week, I want to start special teams-wise because uh, in one of your pieces that you wrote before uh, this one, you talked about the the kickers. Uh, and Doc, it's really been a luxury, right, for for the University of Iowa over the last, I don't know. I mean, when when how far do you have to go back before you have a um, a kid who played that spot that you you know you cover your eyes because you weren't sure it was going to be close? Iowa's been very consistent in their kicking game. Um, some work to do from what you saw on Saturday in order to get back to that point. Yeah, I would agree, and I think right now when you look at it is. Certainly, they have been blessed because they've had two guys with All-American accolades in Caleb Shudak and before him, Keith Duncan. And then you had Miguel Racinos, who hit some 
big kicks, and uh, Marshall Kane did. He missed a lot of extra points, but he was really good at field goals, and and on and on and on. And they've been pretty good there. They've been steady, and and both of these guys, yes, it was windy. I agree, but I also think that uh, you know there's there's some consistency issues there. And I think it's something that they've got to clear up. They've got to figure out. I, I don't expect this competition to end anytime soon. And it, and it shouldn't, both of them have big time legs. Let's not get ourselves, but it's a matter of being able to be consistent and what's going to happen it, with Iowa. It's always what's going to happen when it's a three point game, a six point or a two point game, uh, and when they need a field goal, <laughs> they've had to have way too many field goals. To be honest with you, the last few years anyway. Mm-hmm. But they're going to need them now more than ever. And you know, when you got a Michigan at home and a Wisconsin, and even a Northwestern, those types of games tend to be fairly close. So um, if they get a guy who misses half of his field goals, they could be in real hurt, and, and it could cost him a game or two. Any idea why Iowa has been so blessed at the kicker position? The consistency throughout the years, dating back to Kading into Schlicker and on and on and on, we can play this game. I remember the days of Zach Brommer, Rudy, they called him, the walk-on, who couldn't kick the ball really far and missed a bunch of field goals in big moments later in his career. But this has been basically 25 years of pretty elite-level college kicking. Mm-hmm. What is it about Iowa? Is it just, it's not like they're always throwing scholarship at guys, but they have been so good at the position. Any ideas, Doc? Um. They uh, they serve this dish called kicker a la mode, it, it, <laughs> and it turns them into great kickers. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, they recruit the right guys. You know, they they made some mistakes over the years when it comes to scholarships. Yeah, I remember Mick Ellis and and Trent Mossbrucker yep. and a few other guys. And but the one thing that they're not afraid of at that position, they are at others, but at that position is to replace somebody who's not doing his job effectively and uh and go with somebody else because i remember Bink ellis and marshall kane kind of going back and forth and trent mosbugger and daniel murray and um you know and you know it's a big 10 kicker's job and and you got to also give lavar woods a lot of credit because their special teams play has been elite the last few years certainly it's been the best in the country so uh you know now he's not a kicker by trade i don't i wouldn't expect him to know everything about it but they pretty much from what Shudik said was a few years ago they really honed in on all of the fundamentals to the point where if they miss a kick it's a bad day in practice so it's it certainly and and you got to have that kind of attitude too to spill over into a game because it's a high pressure situation uh lucas van ness was a guy who caught your eye doc uh who who else who caught your eye from what you saw on saturday yeah, he does. He's <laughs> he's built like something I haven't seen over there. I mean, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Matt Roth, but he's actually bigger and taller than Matt Roth. So, I mean, he's he's a kind of a freak. Uh, I expect him to be an elite caliber player. Um, you know, I'm just trying to go through the kind of the list. I mean, Sam Laporta does, but he did anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really was a tough day because there were so many injuries and guys out to really you know, have a guy that just makes you go, wow. I mean, I spent most of my time, like everybody else, watching the quarterbacks, and and that was to some varying degree, I guess. And, and the defense completely dominated the offense, which I think you'd expect, but there were guys rotating in and out. So I really, it's really hard to find that one or two or four guys that made you go, Oh wow, you know that I the guys that really stood out, Tory Taylor was number 1 <laughs> and lead number 2 blank. He was incredible. Um and then the rest are kind of who you would expect. Um 
But, you know, they didn't even have any of their starting linebackers in there. Right. So it's uh, it was a weird day. Even against a defense that was missing a lot of pieces, Spencer Petras struggled once again throwing the football. You had the numbers there in your uh, article at The Athletic. Not a pretty day for the returning starting quarterback. Yet, did anybody push him a whole lot? What did you see from Padilla and the apple of many people's eye, Joey Labus? I thought overall that, you know, it was probably, uh, I thought Padilla maybe had the best of the days. He had one drive, and it was a really good drive. He made big plays, you know, he and he talked a little bit about his, his preparation, and I think it's, he's improved that way. He's what's to really kind of narrow the field, not look at it all you know wide, but really trying to narrow in on what he wants to accomplish while he's out, while he's in a pass uh, situation. And I thought he did he did a nice job. I would say he probably looked the best the other day. Joey Labus has that kind of swagger to him that you know is really kind of missed in some ways from the position for a while. But uh, and, and he made some big throws. He made some nice throws. But he also made a few that I'm like, you know, if you're throwing against Riley Moss and uh, you know anybody else out there, that's going the other way. So he, I could see why there's a little bit of hesitancy as to pushing him forward in that. But but what I saw from Spencer Petras was exactly what we saw last year. Yeah, it was exactly what we saw against Kentucky. It's exactly what we saw against take your pick out of any of those other teams, Purdue and and, and what have you. So. You know what you're going to get, but is that good enough? And with this team I and the schedule it has, I think you need more out of that position. Now, could he offer more? Can he be better? By Probably, but you're really going to have to take that leap of faith that he's going to do a lot more. And that's really the question I have for this team is, if you think this is what you're going to get, it's probably best to do something different because otherwise – and, and you could kind of survive that first month of non-conference play and even against the Big Ten teams that maybe you could beat. And then, um, you know, by October when you're playing Michigan at home and beyond, then you've got a chance to really, you know, see what they have. But um, otherwise, I think the other shoe could drop on this type of a year. It'd be an 8-5 year instead of a, you know, go back to Indianapolis. Mm. When, you, when you listen to Ferentz after the, uh, after the practice on Saturday and he was asked about the quarterback's talk, did it seem like, you know, it was the same manner, the same tone that he's used in previous years? Or, or do you think that, did you walk away with the sense that, you know what, August is going to be really fun to watch because there's a legitimate uh, quarterback controversy, what will turn into a, a position battle uh, in the month of August? Yeah, I'm, I'm reading between the lines, too, on what Kirk said and, and how he said it, like everybody else. And, and uh, you know, he tried to play it pretty straight, as always. But, you know, he did say that they were going to continue the competition. And I think that's something that you've got to keep him at his word on this one. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, based on what we saw and what they've said all spring is they'd like to make it a competition. Right now, Spencer is in the, in the lead because he understands the offense so much better, and he has done it before. So they're not just willing to just throw that away. They want the best player to play. Um, I don't know if what Padilla did the other day makes them go, you know what, maybe we need to really look at at making him the guy. I don't know if they saw enough out of Labus throughout the spring that he made enough growth to where they think, you know, he's let's let's take that leap of faith with him. But I do think that this is a a, a competition of sorts that will last into, um, into August. But as I wrote today, that this is the biggest personnel decision he's made had to make since Beth or Rudock. Mm-hmm. And that is, I mean, it's risk averse. Go with the guy, you know, go with the guy who's done it before and probably lose 
four to five games. And if he plays the way he has, if he takes that step forward, fantastic. If not, yeah, you're rolling the dice a little bit. But, you know, Jake Rudock was a pretty good quarterback. I would say he was better than anybody they have currently. And uh, to roll the dice away from that, you got a 12-win season the next year out of C.J. Beathard. So I'm not suggesting that's going to be the case, but I'm saying that maybe it's time to see what you got in the other guys before you uh, kind of settle into those comfy old shoes. Kill right now to have Jake Rudock as a quarterback for this <laughs> team and, and what they have defensively, certainly up front, even with guys sitting out, very impressive along that defensive line. But if they're impressive, that means the other side, the offensive line, not quite as good. Take us in the offensive line, minus Linderbaum. You expect some growth here, but long time to maybe get the growth that they want by the time we get to September. <laughs> this one is an interesting discussion because whatever they do against Iowa's defense is not going to be the, the – <laughs> it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, this defense is too good. And, uh, you know, no, they did compete. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of room running the football. There was probably more room last year, frankly, um, running the football than there is this year. But when you look at that defensive front, it could be as good as Iowa's had, um, certainly deeper than Iowa's ever had. And uh, and so there's not a lot of room there to, to run. They had some and, – and the guys that were competing, you know, got a lot of penetration when it came to the pass game. Not a ton, but, but enough to where it was noticeable. And I, I just think that um, that's, that's a tough way to judge. It's been like that since I could remember that spring games have been dominated by the defense. It's been really decisive at a few other. I remember 2008 was the one that really was just. It was like a, a you know a kitten playing against a, a mountain lion or something. I mean, it was just they got annihilated, and 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 I don't think it was quite that bad the other day, but it wasn't really easy. Um, so I, I think that you take it with a grain of salt. I do think what this unit is going to do is it's going to have its struggles early on. It's going to have um, some rougher days and some decent days. But it has the potential to coalesce and be a pretty good unit by the end of the year. And I think that's kind of what Iowa's hallmark is. And if they could get there and be healthy, yeah, they can run the football in November and be a very, very competitive team. Uh, Logan Jones going to win the center spot, Doc? I think so, yeah. I mean, with the with the strength and the quickness that he has and the ability to, to move laterally, it's just about technique. And it's going to take a little it's going to take him years to perfect that, but I think he's good enough athletically that you just throw him in there, take your lumps like you should do at quarterback, but take your lumps at center, let him work through it, and uh, you're going to get up with a, an impressive uh, player um, by November and then, of course, into the future. I know Kirk is wired differently than a lot of coaches and tries to keep a lot of the kind of fans speak out of there. It's not like he's listening to sports talk radio or doing things like that, but he has to know. Back to the quarterback situation. I think it's untenuous. I, I think that first three and out, the Boo Birds are going to come down. And we've talked about just the ugly nature of the Michigan game back in 2001 and Kyle McCann getting the Boo Birds as he tried to back out on the field. This is so far past that, that whenever it comes up short, you're down 10 nothing against Iowa State in Week 2, how ugly it's going to be. Kirk has to realize that part of it, does it? Or is he so tunnel-focused that... Maybe he doesn't even realize where the fan base is with Petrus. I don't think he necessarily cares as far as what the fan base thinks. And I don't know if that's just being you know aloof or tone deaf or or just that he's gonna do what's best for his team because, you know, whereas the fan base, the media, we, we tend to sway one way or the other and overreact. Um they they're probably as good as any program there is when it comes to bouncing back after mm-hmm. a tough situation. Yep. 
But that aside, I, I think that what they've got to do is the players know who's the best quarterback. Now, it may be Petrus. That could have been his worst day of practice you know, all spring because we didn't get a chance to see. He has a big arm. He has the, the mental capacity, unlike any quarterback I've been around here. And, and there are a lot of positives there. But what you see is what you see. <laughs> you're 7-16. to 16, You're throwing high. You're throwing too far. You've done it for you know two-plus years. It's probably, you know, I, I think he's just and, – and his his son's reputation is on the line, yep. too. Because now all of these things float around. And so that's why I don't think he's settled on, even though I've, I've had conversations with assistants just on the side and stuff, and they were like, you know what, he's looked really good this spring, you know, meaning Petrus. But that said, <laughs> you know, what we see is what we see. So I think that that's why there's there's not been a proclamation Yes, Spencer's still in lead, but give him a few more months, and you know, you never know. I mean, based on what I saw the other day, I would start Padilla, but that's just me. Interesting, Doc. Did uh, when, uh, Ferentz after uh, when you guys had the uh, the uh, the media opportunity with him? Did he sound like uh, you gonna he was gonna uh, give you guys another um, chance to speak with him in, in before fall camp? Did I get that impression that we might have more football conversation between now and uh, um, Big Ten media days? Oh yeah, in June. Good, said, and, and 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 that's that's typical for Iowa. They'll have a couple of media opportunities in June and July with players and, and a few coaches and some other ones on the side. So yeah, we'll have more opportunities to kind of go through this, and I'm sure he'll expect a lot of quarterback questions, yep. but. Um, from now, from now until August, it's really just what we just said. It's just going to be how we think and what we think. And, and, uh, you know, they're going to look at it as a competition, see who gets better, see who improves, you know, a lot of seven on seven during the summer. And, and once you get into camp that you can kind of straighten it out. I don't see him tipping his hand at all over the next three to four months. I don't either. Go ahead, Trent. What's different in your mind now? 15 practices in from the beginning of spring practice to where we are today. What changed in the mind of Scott Dockerman for the 2022 Iowa Hawkeyes? <laughs> really not much. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. didn't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, maybe there's more uncertainty a kicker than I expected, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm not saying that you just walk into that thinking, okay, it's going to solve itself. But, you know, uh, in the last few years, you've had enough good ones move around, and, hey, that's not too bad. Uh, I, I do think, I, I thought the defense was going to be good going in, and I'm probably more impressed with that. Even, you know, their depth is better. Um, that's really important for them. I think the secondary is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and, and I do think the offensive line will get better. They do look a bit more improved. So, um, but that said, it's all going to come down to me. Two positions are going to be the difference between going to the Duke's Mayo Bowl and potentially going to Indianapolis, and that's quarterback and kicker. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two that really matter. Injuries aside, of course. Uh, where's Tyler Linderbaum going to play his professional football? I think uh, he'll be going to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, I do. Okay. I, they, they have two picks of the 20s, 22 yeah. and 28, and uh, they, they could use a center and a tempo setter like Linderbaum. But I'll say this: If he gets past Green Bay's first pick at twenty-two, Dallas, I could see some teams moving up. I could mm. see, you know, a Cleveland moving up. I could see a Chicago moving up. I could see somebody moving down. I mean, I think it's going to be a really fluid situation on Thursday night. I, you know, people teams are not going to stay set, so it could be a New York Giants if they mm. trade down off one of their picks. And um, so, you know, I, I think just kind of hang on. It, it could be a weird 
interesting, fun ride on Thursday night. Indeed. Watch the Cowboys. That's where I've got him going. But if he's, I hope you're right, Doc, because uh, he kind of fits the Packers, right? Outdoor. Uh, we'll see. I think he's going to have a 12, 10, 10, 12. Who knows? I think he's going to play in the league for a long, long time. Can't wait to watch him do it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Tomorrow at The Athletic, uh, he will. you will post your piece on what you saw, uh, what you think the depth chart will be after spring ball on the defense as well as special teams. Look forward to reading that, Doc. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, guys. You Thank do the you. same. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. <sighs> good stuff, uh, except the concerns are still there, right? Will you do something for me? What's that? Will you see the pictures this summer? Of, of him throwing against air? Please don't. Don't say a word. Just please don't. <laughs> we have two years now. Yeah. He's not good enough. I know. He just isn't. And I know he's a nice kid. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And I know it's hard to say a bad, especially for the beat guys that know him, right? It's more difficult. He's not good. He just isn't. And he wasn't good in yeah. spring practice now. As a two-year starter... And he's still not good. And he, it's not that eh, they didn't have any receivers out there or it was a windy day. It just it was the same guy. We know what Spencer Petrus is. He's not good enough. I don't think Alex Padilla is demonstrably better. No, I don't either. But he gives a different element. Mm-hmm. He absolutely gives a different element to this offense. It's something mm-hmm. where even look back at some of the games with Petrus and, and teams that there were games where Rudock would throw for 300 yards. Petrus never been close to that. There's never been a moment where he just had that monster performance and everything was clicking. They're not those games against anybody. It's a problem. I think Doc put it uh, put it very uh, appropriately. This is the difference between maybe getting back to Indianapolis or playing in the Duke Mayo Bowl. Yeah, being eight and five. Uh huh. How good's Iowa going to be with that defense? And that's the thing. That, that's it's. I don't know. I'm with you, Trent. Look, I think they'll be able to run the football. I think they'll be able to catch the football as long as the football's thrown to them. Yeah. Um, the offensive line's a work in progress. The other thing about them is we've said so many years watching Iowa football, uh, the margin for error is so thin, mm-hmm. and they've been so blessed to have, for the most part, a kicker you can count on, right? right. I don't know if they do. That goes the other way oh. all of a sudden. Six and six is on the table. Right. I, I get that a lot of the, um, you know, when Doc wrote his piece, Sunday uh, about what he saw in training camp and he came back and there was a lot of blowback. Oh, it was breezy. You know, cut him some slack. Well, this just in. The wind's going to blow in October and September, November. Yeah. Right? We're not played in a it's not dome. perfect conditions here at Kinnick Stadium or wherever the team may be on the road. They go in the horseshoe. It's not going to be a balmy 78 degrees no, with no wind. I don't think so. We'll take our time out, come back and finish the hour. Baseball conversation to begin hour number two. Nick Olson on Iowa State and then Trent's play of the day. Basketball, baseball, where are you yes, today? Yes, yes, indeed. yes. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Coming up, we're going to talk some baseball with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. And uh, then we'll talk to Nick Oson on Iowa State. Look forward to that conversation with Nick. So the uh, baseball from over the weekend, we kind of we did a lot on the Twins because mm-hmm. they were a pretty big story around here. Uh, good to see them doing that. Take that, Emery and Sean Roberts, yeah. White Sox fans. 
they'll be. Don't you think they'll get back into it once oh, yeah, they get yeah. their roster they'll back be together? Yeah. I'm not overly worried on a White Sox perspective. There's still a lot of talent on that. Team. There, there is, but yeah, it would be it would be good if it was a two team race. Oh right? yeah, be excellent for for business, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, there's a lot of Twins fans here. There, there are. are there are a lot. Remember, of they were on WHO for a very long time. Well, I don't don't recall that because I wasn't here. Yeah, but I take right. your word for it. But um, you you tweeted something out a, a tweet that um, it's like it had to be from because I remember that piece of video mm-hmm. from your Twitter account, the uh, first place Minnesota Twins, <laughs> yes. the guy answer and the yep. phone in the uh, in the office. Yeah, that was 1987 when I went to my first game against the Seattle Mariners. Is that what it was? They played that Seattle. was your first game? I think it was August. Uh-huh. I looked it up before. You can go to Baseball Reference and, and go back and find a hitting box score and look through it, and a couple of memories popped up. Yeah, it was the season that they won it all. Yes. And went there and went with my cousins that lived up in the cities. Nice. And I, my cousin, older cousin, had just started mowing lawns for a little side money. Nice. And I said, boy, you get a lot of money for this. And he explained, well, to six-year-old Trent. That is not real grass down there. We're a long ways away. <laughs> there oh, it's something called AstroTurf. I, I love that. I, my my first baseball game was the uh, Seattle, um, uh, the Mariners. In the uh, kingdom? In the kingdom. Yeah, in the kingdom. Uh, caught a baseball. Ken Phelps hit it. How was but, that for baseball? Oh, my. For baseball, you know what? I didn't know any better. Right. It was okay. I liked the Metrodome better. Um, I'm the one. All right, hour number two. Matt Snyder will kick things off. We'll get into a good baseball discussion with our baseball guy Matt Snyder. Nick Olson on Iowa State and Circa sponsors the play today. Circa sponsors the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Putting their patch on their jerseys. Hour 2 coming up.